Peter Radio presents the legendary Pink Dots Project Podcast with me, Adam Wybray, my co-host, Tom May. Apparition, basilisk, and curse. Apparition. The year of my birth saw yet another release following the 111 song so far, the refreshingly retread an old track free apparition. Emerging from its opening games arcade sounds, Godspeed is a direct beguiling piece of synth psychedelia, an accessible pop tune, all syncopation and references to hell's a poppin' and US idiom like give em hell. It's perhaps an indirect Harry Truman illusion, but who can say for sure? Pay to be alone evokes February 2014 Blighty with its words about retreat and staying in from the cold. Spontaneous combustion sounds like gliding over the Lake District in a battered spaceship. The blessing is cavernous and restrained. I'm in the drill has tremendously spry use of stringed instruments and subtle use of effects on Carspell's vocals. While there follows a lull, Alive has an archetypal, wistful LPD tune, but somewhat grating chipmunk vocals. The album has a strong sense of dynamics. The plague could be described as pointillist skiffle. All this skittering, chaotic song needs is that excellent instrument, the washboard. Apparition's brisk freshness impresses. None of these songs appear on early releases, so this was an intriguing yet oddly comforting listen. The song craft is similar. Uh, Powder crowd sounds familiar, but we get 30 minutes of music that engaged me and didn't seem as willfully awkward as a few previous releases. Is there any other band who would make mention of a clockwork tangerine? What insect references are to Robin Hitchcock, punning music and film citations are to Edward Carspell? Cabbages, knickers, uh, it's not got a, a beak. Good. <laughs> this is a strange and engaging album. It's finished just as the Dots' original lineup disintegrated, and this is reflected in the music which sometimes sounds as though it's barely holding itself together. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, though, since some of the Dots' early albums have been marred by lack of tonal variation, whereas Apparition is all over the musical junkyard. It starts with what sounds like marbles and coins being dropped down a drain, intercepted by the echoing of conversation, perhaps from an abandoned arcade or bingo hall. Then a drum machine kicks in alongside the squelch of a synthesizer. The music bristles like an ant colony. It sounds weirdly modern, too, almost like an album track by Lady Gaga or Kesha, if you ignore Carspell's cryptic lyrics that are obscured in the mix here. The whole thing feels busy and jittery and just a little frightening. The Dots' Bandcamp page testifies that during the recordings, the band's headquarters were haunted, an experience that involved a Ouija session, a black dog, and out-of-body experiences. As ever, the dots tend to undercut the sinister atmospherics with droll humour. That's not to say that some of the material isn't genuinely upsetting, though. The Blessing is one of the most troubling songs of the dots' early 80s output, with lyrics from the point of view of some sinister presence lulling an anonymous victim into submitting to an act of sexual predation wrapped up in the guise of spiritual healing. He dances well, you must admit the power of those hands Touching here, touching there, touching places you don't know yourself Lie back, enjoy it it's a clean thing, holy blessing, a holy blessing. Feel the spirit burning deep inside, sliding 
may simply be that the song feels uncomfortably close to the reality of the Catholic Church sex abuse cases covered in the news in recent years. It is not an easy listen, nor is it meant to be. I'm in the Drill is ace and rocks a mean bass line. Patrick Wright's violin does a lot of the work here and lends proceedings at distinctly Eastern European ambience. It's a song you can immediately imagine dancing to, which is unusual for the dots. Maybe my private warden, with flowers which bloom red and orange early in the spring. And nurse would hum the lightest hitches, she dusted all the vases. She bumped in the syringe and knocked a Okay, yeah, Apparition, um, which has an amazing, I don't know if you've seen the kind of new album cover for it on Bandcamp, with the re-release. Is that the one with the um, the little boy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is striking. It's amazing, it's like it's li- like a little boy's face, I don't know what they've, it looks like they've sort of messed around in MS Paint a bit, and like, <laughs> giving crudely drawn like evil red Damien eyes, and then use like some pixelation effect in GIMP or something. It's great. It's pink, really... sort of pink dots, isn't it? Really, um, <laughs> it's just... well, they're in there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think, but yeah. Um. Anyway, it's it's. Re- I really like the cover. So it's quite a trim album, this one, Apparition. Like, uh, it's only 30 minutes, or just under. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very sort of timely feeling, maybe, compared with the, the last few, which are all very good. They have their moments, Premonition, Atomic Roses. But yeah, I think it's a bit more consistent than those for me. Yeah, it definitely feels... I mean, it's tight. Like, it feels focused and purposeful. Isn't this the first um, album with Patrick Hugh Wright on violin? Yes, it is. Wrong, the but... wonderful Patrick Wright, who who adds adds so much to the dots in this period. Like, yeah, it the, I think it's the first reference to him in, in our notes, anyway. And I, I've I've strongly noted that down as twelve minutes in. First Patrick yeah. Hugh Wright violin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, his violin just really lifts their material. Like. Yeah, I you know I pretty much love every contribution uh, that he that he gives, and when he's then you know not there, I, I do I do miss his contributions because I don't know he he just manages to kind of lift the tracks, and I love how his violin can sound really sardonic, like it kind of sounds like sarcastic sneer at times. And, Sometimes, yeah, and but then other times it can sound really kind of lively and manic and unhinged, and then other times it can sound sort of deeply melancholy and plaintive. Um, yeah, he's incredibly versatile as a violin player. And does it have um, Marshall again on guitar? Uh, I think it so some my... excellent um, arpe- arpeggiated guitar stuff around set the seven minute mark. I've noted down. It's just sort of brief. Possibly an interlude type track. I'm not sure. There's really some really good little bit of guitar playing in there. Yeah, I definitely think this is musically. Probably the strongest of those early eighties albums. Like I feel there's maybe slightly more focus on the music here. Um, there's sometimes Carl Spell's vocals and lyrics can overwhelm the dots a bit. I think because they're so kind of densely packed with references and metaphor, and he's such 
such an enthralling and intriguing vocalist and, you know, quite performed and performative in his way. Uh, we didn't say he, he doesn't come across as insincere, but, you know, he, 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 he does the voices. There's, there's chipmunk, chipmunk voices as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a pitch shifting, maybe, so for the, for the high vocals. <laughs> um, and in part two um, of the band camp one I was listening to, yeah. But I know they, they were subdivided into tracks previously, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, in terms of in terms of actual tracks to pick out, you know, I'm not I'm not sure, like I mean maybe Godspeed. Yeah. I think yeah, God's Godspeed is is really good. Yeah, that's the hells are popping pills are popping one, isn't it? That <laughs> uh, yeah. start. Yeah, <laughs> just sort of yeah, returning to that really frenetic Sort of slot machine, arcade type sound aesthetic that they've got a very fast rhythm. That one.
But this album might be a good one for new listeners, I think. Like, you know, I'd say that if you don't feel like starting right back in 81 with Only Dreaming, um, although no reason not to really, um, then out of the the 82 albums, yeah. Yeah, Apparition, Apparition would be a good one. You know, it's it's concise musically, it's really inventive and exciting. Uh, it's got some great lyrics. Um, like it, it doesn't have that kind of awkwardness that Atomic Roses does, mm-hmm. and it's not nearly as overwhelming and intimidating as the Chemical Play School albums are. And it's got some great uh, frenzied shouts in there from Carspell and uh, sort of horror film mania. We're all gonna die! Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, he does some proper <laughs> hollering, doesn't he? The bells are ringing. <laughs> Yeah, and this, this this plague is obviously sadly very relevant. Yeah. yeah, um, but yeah, it does have a real horror show aesthetic to it. I think like it's quite a ghoulish album, um, which which I must admit to enjoying. <laughs> Stigmata Part 1, Freiheit, opens with a psychedelic voice collage. Out of the haze emerges a Casio music box with a cyclic refrain. Carspell is singing in a somewhat lower voice than usual, beginning an album concerned with societal and communicative breakdowns. Klaas is a steadily unnerving cyclical procession of an arpeggiated synth with insertions of Dadaist sound graffiti. It is soundtrack music without specified images. The listener imagines as they will. No reason fades in, stilt walking out of the swamp like a slow motion crawl, an unfurling, burgeoning wrongness. The misty, only dreaming style pop of Wall Purges Night is musically direct and lyrically kaleidoscopic, yet clearly tilting at specified targets, fascists, businessmen and broader systems. Don't kid yourself you're civilised, it could happen anywhere, in choking cities, steaming jungles, maybe even here. These pointed final lines indicate Edward Carspell's status as surely the least complacent figure in music. Then, Basilisk One, with its brief, 
caustic sampling of Winston Churchill following the previous track's mention of stale cigars. This is instrumental, vaguely anticipating aspects of Angelo Badalamenti's theme to Twin Peaks in its sublime dread. Then into Methods, with a squelching bass that is the single most 1980s sound we've yet heard in the LPD oeuvre. The drum sound has a certain polish, and it's a curiously mainstream by their standards, yet it accompanies uh, dark hankerings after escape. We have what is surely an elliptical J.G. Ballard reference. Airports, motorways... Take a dive, take a dive. Does clean up indicate any sort of renewal? The song is an anaesthetised, doleful sea shanty, not so much shiver me timbers as shiver in anime. Carspell's voice intimates his and our involvement in the Second Cold War, 1979 to 1985. Carspell implies that humanity intrinsically instills paranoia and destruction. Rational distinctions between the technological and supernatural are dissolved. Basilisk 2 provides a terminal closure with chilly, pixelated synth dabs again circling round and round amid an increasingly foggy undertow of synth dissonance. Basilisk is another immersive experience. Like Apparition, it is entirely original and is a satisfying variation on some archetypal early LPD themes.
the following album, Basilisk, uh, Basilisk, yeah, eighty-three. Now is is another is another really strong one, um, and this one does feel more like a concept album proper, like you know maybe not fully realised. Like I think it was sketches towards a concept album. Um, this character of a sculptor who uh, manages to destroy the whole world and is punished by having to remake the world yeah. anew. Um, but that's that's like a sort of fairy grotto of an album. Like it's a dark and mysterious, um, but then luminous as well. Um, I really like it. I really like Basilisk. Like returning to these albums, um, uh, Basilisk really jumped out as me as as just really enjoyable and. A real experience to get lost in, like, uh, yeah, I find it quite transportative, this one. It is. I mean, you've got the sort of archetypal synth arpeggios with Love Is Part 1. Then you've also got um, interesting short tracks that I've completely forgotten about, like Methods, which is just two minutes here, but it appears later on, golden, the Golden Age, um, bulks out to about five minutes, I think. I really, uh, yeah. really liked it actually. Yeah, much more than the first time that this track, uh, really hazy, drifting, wistfulness about it, but also a very, eight sort of eighties in a good way, sort of quality. Um, almost a funky bass, glistening keyboard. Um, uh, the chord sequence isn't anything special, I would say, but it's a very, it's a very good, limited <laughs> chord sequence for that track. It's not quite the one I would pick, but it's it's stood out as like really good uh, to my taste. Anyway, that one. I think. Do you know which one you would pick? Uh, the following track, "Clean Up." I think, without doubt, um, which is sort of circling minor key synth. Uh, there is Cold War references again. This is sort of touching the button, uh, the nuclear button, and the sort of twelve minutes to midnight thing. But also Doctor Doolittle, as I think you picked up on, um, <laughs> references in there. Maybe, maybe, maybe the giant snail is a sort of uh, mutation and great uh, sort of wordplay type lyrics with paranoid and adenoids. Uh, isn't that one? To the animals, 
as wall purges night uh, points towards the tower very strongly and I know that that occurs a few more times that track uh, but mm. yeah don't kid yourself your civil eye is a really key sort of anti-imperialist left wing line that um, stands out as really strong yeah with, me- with methods yeah. again I had uh, yeah JG Ballard noted down again and RD Lang there's these different Currents of sort of 1960s and 1970s writers and psychoanalysts um, who were who were questioning yeah, rationalism. Um, yeah, I just read um, the politics of experience in the Bird of Paradise literally in the last week, mm. which is Ardy Lang's um, kind of visionary 60s texts about schizophrenia. Um, might have to read out some of Bird of Paradise because sure. I think some of some of the turns of phrases there uh, really really. Uh, would fit in very nicely uh, with the legendary pink dots. Yeah. So doesn't the basilisk have um, the first occurrence of a sing while you may phrase in Stig- Ooh, Stigmata Part do. 1 of Freihurt? Yeah. Which is, I think, right at the start, isn't it, as well, which is, is worth, worth a mention, certainly, after the use of the intro episode. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is an album that. I think basically, or sorry, this is an album that I think has the full lineup of the early dots. So you have relative newcomer Patrick Wright here, um, and Keith Thompson. um, I think as before, um, I don't know if yeah, as before on drums and also lead vocals on Ideal Home, Um, and then you've got April on vocals. Um, Sally Graves is adding extra effects. Obviously, Phil Knight and Edward Carspell. And then Roland Calloway on bass. And um, Barry Gray on guitars. So, yeah, we, we, we have, we have a, a pretty, pretty extensive lineup for this one. So sing. Sing. Basilisk begins with a strange, ringing, verbal reverberation from what sounds like a choir of Julie Andrews' ghosts, and from there only gets stranger. The sound feels muffled, and it's hard to get a purchase on Carspell's lyrics. The music twinkles reedily in the background, sometimes obscuring or clouding his voice. I was reminded of guided boat trips through the darkness of underground grottos, like the Grotte Remuchons in Belgium, in which tourists pass through low rock passages hung with stalactites lit with fairy lights, bobbing gently upon the black water, while a guide sonorously intones about colour pigmentation in the cave walls. Or else, the strangely hollow fantasy worlds of early PC multi-user dungeons and adventures like Zork or Island of Kesmai, in which vast underground complexes disclose a single troll, and the player's imagination fills in much of the details. A kind of gently kitsch and synthetic imaginarium. In Prague, back in 2014, I visited the gallery of modern bohemian artist Rion, in a tower cut into the side of Petrin Hill. The paintings were almost uniformly of naked elven women, stood artistically before swirling cosmic backgrounds. There was a table draped with a deep red cloth set with goblets of very cheap wine. 
If one visits Rion's website, he'll have a taste of the flavour of Basilisk's first track. The album then moves on to Love Is, Parts 1 and 2, which is more hard-nosed than the preceding track, and anchored to a clear melody line. If it sounds of chittering birds and dog barking, it could almost be a cut by the orb. It sounds like music that would be played in the background of a 1980s school geography video about Teutonic plates or glacial drift. The song is both comforting and troubling all at once, which is a trick the dots excel at. Cuspell's vocals only enter five minutes into playtime, and he provides us with the image of a dog writhing on the floor in pain, having eaten margarine. She won't steal anymore. This grotesque tableau is followed by a somewhat more conventional track entitled No Reason, which borders on the chaotic, but never tips over into complete noise. Rhythmically, it's pretty disorientating, and there's a sound that evokes a cartoon whirlwind that I found distracted me from the surrounding composition. A mordant little trio of songs follow. The sound is less chilly, more bouncy and playful, but the tone remains quietly menacing. 834 uses speech by means of a vocoder, recalling the use of the same in Pink Floyd's Animals of 1977. Wall Night is next, with bitter and acerbic lyrics that, as with Roger Walters' lyrics for Animals, touch upon fascism, conformity, and the British class system. Although melodic, the track, like much of the album, induced a slight queasiness in me. The song fades out abruptly into Basilisk One, which couples a cheap organ sound to digital industrial droning to a rather a razorhead-like effect. Methods passes without incident, although Carspell gives a compelling vocal performance. It is a short track, and never quite develops into anything substantial. Clean Up is stronger, and, like Tom, is my favourite track on the album sounding like the music a haunted end-of-pier bandstand might produce. Think Carnival of Songs. Finally, Basilisk 2 is about as long as the rest of the album combined, and though it somewhat overstays its welcome, it is an intriguing experiment in sound recording. Spacey synths encircle eerie, echoing field recordings from Notre Dame Cathedral like mists. It is a track that would be well served by being played in a listening chamber with multiple speakers, perhaps as part of an immersive art installation as one walks through a darkened, mirrored corridor, or perhaps within the grounds of Notre Dame Cathedral itself. It is good late night, or even Halloween, listening. Overall, Basilisk is a curious beast. It's a hard album to love, but an easy album to become fascinated by. It's the sort of album that one could imagine containing encoded satanic messages, or being found caked in dirt at the bottom of some cellar. If I ever visit the catacombs of Paris, I know what music I'll be taking with me. So is that that's the last one for those three? Uh, isn't curse. It? Oh, curse. Yeah. Oh, curse. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, curse. Of course. Yeah. What? So, what do you think of curse? I think it was probably my favourite alongside Only Dreaming Out of the first nine. Really, um, in terms of consistency, anyway. Particularly with how it ends. You, well, you've got Doll's House into Palace of Love into Stoned Obituary. Yeah, I mean, you've got Hiding before that as well, which is, I think, a, a great little fragment. I'm assuming that's April White. 
doing a sort of spoken word um, vocal on that one. Sort of, I'm human, I'm awkward, longing to be for, uh, to be to be found. Simple explanations hide my ignorance. How do you tell how you feel when the words just don't exist? The pain and the anguish, the slaughtered dreams, the harvest of ill-conceived, wretchedly worded emotion. How you feel when the words just don't exist? Look at me, touch me. I'm human and awkward, longing to be found, ill-conceived, incapable of exposing myself. then moves into the yeah, doll's house um, with references to the Gollywog figure which I go into extensively on the blog mm. uh, which is a, a sort of disturbing domestic scenario again uh, like we've been saying about some previous ones it reminded me very strongly of um, Totty if you know that the story of a doll the late Oliver Post game. Yeah, early it's early eighties, I think, wasn't it? I've never actually seen any of that, but yeah. Come along, let me show you. Follow me. Come everybody, follow Apple. Here's the wall and the hall, and the stairy staircase and the squarey floor. Totty told us about. Oh yes, I remember the floor. And here's the kitchen kitchen with the bits that you can mix in and the bowls and the rolls and the pans that you can clang and the stove and the mangle with its windy, windy handle. Oh, yes. It is all there. Everything. Yeah, it's one of the last things they did and uh, that has uh, a doll's house being set on fire and one of the dolls dying is quite disturbing. Um, I think but partly because there's so rarely violence in Postgate stuff, like even in Nog and the Nog. <laughs> I mean, this album also has uh, Lisa's Party, uh, which is a, a great sort of... Oh, uh, yeah. ...absurd uh, dark humour type, type track. That's a, that's a lot of fun. I mean, I kind of feel we have to have stoned obituary. Yeah. Um, as long as it is. Lightning cracked a crooked cross Across the sky Above the cross Where he'd been hanging For a day he was stoned again The breeze grew ice through knives Blue halos Hallowed cinders Flew together Made a cushion For his feet Spikes in his sandals Spikes in his ankles Spikes split the woods and his vertebrae Spikes in his shins, in his chin, in his fingers Amused apparitions on the mausolay Shadows 
keyboards anticipate later prophetic tracks such as I Am The Way, The Truth, The Light from 85's Asylum. The lyrics play out a grotesque parody of the crucifixion of Jesus in which a litany of tortures is heaped upon the martyred man. Suffering is performative. When Carspell repeats, I want to believe, it sounds as though he's desperately trying to wrench religion away from ritual, trying to press through the charade to something authentic. Yet despite the bombastic violence of the song's lyrics, the dying man's last words are down to earth, even awkward. I made mistakes. I've been a fool. I tried hard, never thought that what started so well could end in misery. But my motives were good. I thought you all understood. Just don't be hard when this day is cloaked in history. A hymn of earnestness and an album filled with bitter theatricality, parody and sneering yet defeated sarcasm.
tissues, pretty patterns while I'm messy said we'll miss you, bless you, bless your eyes and the bell rang twice and we fell as his lips moved to stare in stony silence as the news guy scribbled furiously down his final words made mistakes, been a fool, tried so hard but never thought that what started so Sancti Filii. Now, most of LPZ albums have a mighty pop chorus, and I, this is Curses. 
Stoned bitchery is this album's hideous strength, a weightless monolith with additional mysticism. Hiding has the dreamlike gravity of Piano Magic's wrong French, while the balmy waving at the aeroplanes is mildly queasy, like the television personalities Razor Blades and Lemonade recorded in a crumbling Victorian music hall by space-age cosmonauts. Alongside topper, synth, bass, organ, Lisa's party has the anti-sense to juxtapose cyanide with mince pies amid its amoral comedy. Curse marks a real advance in the LPD's work, in how its lyrical vision in the closing sequence is accompanied by increasingly urgent, clamorous rhythms and melodies. The tremendous The Palace of Love begins as a scurrying martial trot. Then, after a few minutes of profane, revolutionary imagery from Carspell, there's a sudden detour into buzzing, Bastille-storming guitar and Leonine-loping bass. It sounds newly minted and monumental. Carspell is partying, like it's 1789. This track staggers desperately, as if in a quixotic bid to append the staid edifice of British past obsession and parochialism, symbolised previously in the album by another Churchill sample. Curse, ascending in its final phase, um, is inexorable, unique and astounding music, some of the finest thus far provided in this story, this book of dots. I think really um, with Stoned Obituary Part 1 and Part 2 I don't know I mean I don't think I don't think we'll have time to play both of them will we? <laughs> will we? <laughs> will we? The legendary Pink Dogs Project podcast was commissioned by Carl Neville for Repeater Radio, and is adapted from blog articles written by myself and Tom May for kiddiesneezes.com, hosted by Matt Keeley. Matthew and John Robinson have previously written for the Legendary Pink Dots Project blog, but any words used here are mine and Tom's own. All art is modified by myself, Adam Wybray, from work by the English visionary William Blake, long past copyright and in the public domain. Thanks go to the Dots, Ed Carspell and Phil Knight, but especially Keith Thompson, whose drums really hold these early albums together, and Sally Graves, whose words provided the lyrics to Hiding. Apart from those named and introduced, the Dots tracks used for sections longer than 30 seconds were Spontaneous Human Combustion, The Blessing, Godspeed, I'm In The Drill, a live version of The Plague, Stigmata, part 1, Love Is, parts 1 and 2, and Basilisk, 1 and 2. Any clips smaller than that, you can work out for yourselves and sing. Sing while you may. <laughs>